It's 8 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. Stefan Maia with you for the uh, early bird podcast sessions. We go live from Monday to Friday. And today's the midweek studies, and we're looking into the uh, book of Genesis. We've been in Genesis, and we're going to be looking in uh, chapter, what is it now? Chapter 7 today, the flood. Chapter 7, the flood. Isn't that cool? We'll certainly be putting uh, the text on the screen and following together and kind of having conversation about what's revealed therein. And uh, yeah, hope you'll stick around. Please be sure to uh, subscribing, you know, following, liking, sharing, giving a comment, all that kind of good stuff. And um, be sure to consider signing up to our freedom platform over at addedsouls.locals.com. You'll find there some exclusive content from the Added Souls Ministry, my, the Maya family, and various things we do. We produce live videos there uh, and also uh, share exclusively our devotional, our family devotionals. And so, yeah, please consider doing that. We have a financial goal we got to reach each month, and uh, <laughs> it's a pretty steep one. But um, with your love and hopefully your compassion to partake in this good work, you'll want to sign up and get involved. It's free to sign up, but you can choose therein if you're willing and able to support. And no amount is too small and no amount is too big. Just whatever you're willing and able to do. Uh, there's updates. Everything's transparent. You can contact me. We can have a phone call. We can have a video uh, conversation, video meeting, whatever you need uh, for, for that end. So the flood, Genesis chapter uh, 7. Genesis chapter 7 is what we're going to be looking at, and uh, this is episode 8 of the Genesis studies that we've been having on Wednesdays, because Wednesdays is the day we study. Here's the podcast itinerary from Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. On Monday, I share the sermon I preached on Sunday. On Tuesday, we take a song from the secular world, and we look at the lyrics and have a conversation. On Wednesdays, we have a Bible study, and we've been going through the book of Genesis. On Thursdays, we take a topical trip and have discussion on specific topics. And on Friday, it's sociopolitical affairs, interaction with political affairs and current events. So if you think that sounds good to you, by all means, stick around, subscribe, follow, and all that good stuff, and uh, sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. Okay, let's put the text here on the screen. Uh, in Genesis chapter 7... I'll put my video feed there at the bottom left. All right. And uh, we finished off chapter six, of course, the corruption of mankind and seeing how those who believed in God got involved with those who were not faithful to God. And because those that believed in God got involved with women that they shouldn't have, that belonged to the world and not to God, if you will, that's caused some contamination and problems with the uh, offsprings. And uh, the earth got filled with a lot of evil people, right? A lot of violence. A lot of violence. So much so, so much evil and wickedness and violence that uh, God repented. He changed his mind. He was sorry that he made mankind. They were gotten to that point. That's bad. And um, it would have been the end of us if it were not for Noah in which God saw blameless in his time, mind you. 
and uh, that Noah was a righteous man because Noah walked with God. Noah lived according to God's instructions. And uh, because of that, there was going to be hope. Grace was going to be extended to humanity through the obedience of Noah. And through the obedience of Noah, uh, uh, three of his children, his wife and three of his children and their wives were spared. They were saved. Now, uh, a great many others drowned, obviously, in the sinful world with the rest. But uh, um, Noah uh, found favor in his obedience to God. And in the, in the verse that finishes verse six, at chapter 6 and verse 22, it says, Thus Noah did according to all that God had commanded him. So he did. That all is important. You'll find that in Matthew 28, 20 as well. Keeping all the commandments, not some of the commandments, all of the commandments. All of them. To the best of our ability, of course, and to the instructions therein given. All that kind of good stuff. So that moves us into the flood, right? Because judgment has come. People are so wicked, judgment must come. That is just. Judgment is just when it is administered by God. It's always just because God is self-controlled. His anger is righteous. His wrath is righteous. He is the one who can discern uh, the most precise intents and motives and actions of mankind. And he's seeing that it's such a problem, he needs to extinguish it. He needs to extinguish it. So the Lord said to Noah, in verse 1 here of chapter 7, Genesis, the Lord said to Noah, Enter the ark, you and all your household. For you I have seen righteous before me in this time. In this time, again, important language, the time is so evil and bad, so wicked and immoral and depraved and all murderous, um, that... Noah could have been immature, greatly so, but yet mature in his location. Um, that may be a difficult concept for some, but to others, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Noah would probably not have been hired as a preacher behind the pulpit of most congregations stateside because well he would not have been fourth fifth generation christian preacher elder knowing all the you know greek hebrew and aramaic and all that kind of stuff and an influential brother and well praised and honored by the brotherhood and all that kind of stuff right so but noah in god's eyes in his context, in the time in which he lived historically, that was so violent and wicked, um, God saw him as faithful, saw him as someone who was blameless and righteous. So that gives us hope. You may be found somewhere outside what is commonly known as the Bible Belt, <laughs> stateside, um, in a place that is filled with Gentile living, heathen and pagan ways. And you're just doing the best you can with the instruction that you read in the scriptures. And that's okay. God sees you. As long as you are in the covenant, that's a... can't bypass that one. You must be in the covenant. You must have been immersed into Christ, a legal citizen of his kingdom, and faithful therein to the best of your ability and knowledge and intellect and all that kind of stuff, uh, your independent accountability, all of that. 
But just because you're not the keynote speaker at the biggest function the church has to provide with, you know, all the right points and the right this and the right that, um, doesn't mean you're damned or doesn't mean you're not useful to God. Uh, you can be very useful for God. Noah became very useful. God saw there was a need to keep mankind alive. Obviously, the grand scheme of things had been set forth from Genesis 3.15, so nothing was going to tort that. That needed to be intact, because if so, then God would have gotten back on his word and said, you know what, I changed my mind about saving you all through Jesus, my son, so I'm going to cancel all of this now. And he could have, and, there have, and he would have been just to do so in, in, in whatever decision he makes, of course, but... Um, he would not go back on his word. That's the beauty of God. He has boundaries. God bound himself to his word. So if he spoke it, he can't contradict it. Um, and that's comforting to me, and it should be to you. That means that every time you open the 66 books of the Holy Bible, 39 books in the old, 27 in the new, accumulated by 40 inspired men throughout a span of about 15, 1600 years, uh, you can trust the words therein. They're in your hand for a reason, and you can trust what it says. So Noah did according to all that God had commanded him. So then Noah, uh, then the Lord said to Noah, Enter the ark, you and all your household, for you alone I have seen to be righteous before me in this time. You alone. Imagine how bad it must have been over there. You shall take with you of every clean animal by sevens. Now the instructions, uh, the very specific instructions on how he is to fill the ark is going to take place. And here's another note that just caught my, captured my thoughts. In verse 1 he says, Enter the ark, you and all your household, for you alone I have seen to be righteous before me in this time. It's always good to have a friend like that. <laughs> If you want to make friends in today's world, be sure you're a friend with someone who is uh, faithful to God and that God would speak of such a way towards him or her. Uh, there are many individuals in the church that are not truly your friends. They'll hurt you and they'll speak all manners of wicked words about you and uh, they'll try to break you. Don't stick around them. Withdraw yourself from such uh, corrupt individuals in the fold. Cling to those whom God would say, you and you alone I've seen righteous before me in this time. That's the kind of friends you want to have in the church. And then he says, you shall, you shall take with you of every clean animal by sevens, and a, ma a male and his female. Again, God's never been confused on gender. Uh, gender's uh, always been very uh, straightforward uh, and objective, absolute, if you will, male and female. It's, it's strange that I have to say this, and maybe in... Maybe in another like hundred years, somebody finds this content and says, why were they so adamant about, about gender? Like there's only been male and female. And then they'll look at history, hopefully, and some books will have been written like, oh, wow. You mean these people actually for a time believe there was more than two genders? Yeah, that's how far off we've gone from the truth of the holy word. We believe there's more than two genders in, in this dying, fallen world. Well, no, there's only male and female. There's only always been male and female. Somebody says, well, I was born with two genders. No, you were not. You were either born a male with female genitalia or 
you were born a female with male genitalia. And that is, of course, a birth defect that takes only the smallest, smallest percentage of uh, the uh, global number of human beings on this planet. But anyways, I could get into all of that. I've studied that uh, to, to its, uh, its available science. And uh, I just need God's word. Because it's proven truth. It always is. Male and female. God knows that. And of the animals that are not clean too, he says, a male and his female. Also of the birds of the sky by sevens, male and female, to keep offspring alive on the face of all the earth. Procreation needs to take place. These animals have purpose in the new world to come. Once the flood resides and earth is once again revealed, um, there needs to be uh, this function in this natural realm through God's uh, power to remain. And uh, that's important. And of course, the critics are like, it's impossible to have put all of those animals in the ark and whatnot. No, if you look at the science, if you look at the specs, if you actually look at what's taking place, it makes a lot of sense and they could all fit in there with, with probably even some room to spare. Um, they don't need to take full-blown adults. They can take eggs. They can take babies. And um, they don't need to be surviving on every kind of uh, nourishment available. They just need a specific kind of nourishment and all of that. I mean, you know, yeah. For after seven more days, he says in verse four, I will send rain on the earth 40 days and 40 nights, and I will blot out from the face of the land every living thing that I have made. So God's bringing justice in this fallen world, and uh, he's going to do so in the way that he knows is the right way, according to his will. Um, again, many are like, it's impossible that even rain or stuff like that would, would flood the entire globe. No, it isn't. And the language, of course, in the scriptures can be scientifically studied to prove that the earth burst open and the water came from above and from beneath and from all around. We're talking about a catastrophic moment in our history that is recorded everywhere. Even um, uh, foreign pagan nations uh, have hieroglyphics and uh, have archaeological finds and all kinds of stuff pointing as evidence to this fact of our history as humankind. The flood did happen. That's an undeniable objective reality. And um, I know that because I've, I've, I've went looking for it. You know, that's the key. You have to go looking for it with an open mind. All of this was nonsense to me once upon a time in my past life. It was all garbage. It's all a myth. It's just not true. There's no God. And there's no flood. It's just fake. It's not science. It's not true. It's not real. But then I allowed my mind to soften a bit and release myself from the shackles of a cold little dungeon. And I started to think for myself and I started to actually wonder why do people believe this? And I found out that a whole bunch of Christian, whole bunch of people who claim to be Christians weren't Christians. And I found out that a whole bunch of stuff that masquerades itself as Christianity is not really Christianity. So once I got through that deception, that manipulation there, because a lot of people say we're Christians, but they're not. A lot of people will say that Christianity looks like a certain way, but it really isn't. All that kind of stuff. Anyways, once you pass all through that, I mean, it took me years. I'm, I'm 10 plus years into this. Uh, I studied these stuff. I wanted to know the truth. 
So anyways, let's keep going. For after seven more days, I'll send rain on the earth, 40 days and 40 nights, and I'll blot out from the face of the land every living thing that I have made. Noah did according to all that the Lord had commanded him. That's a, um, a repeated theme in the Noahic uh, account, and it's an important one. Again, in his time, he was sufficient. He was blameless and righteous before God. And that must have been very difficult. I think we spoke a bit about that last, uh, last week in our other uh, Genesis study. Now, Noah was 600 years old when the flood of water came upon the earth. 600 years old. Just imagine that one. And again, these are within the first generation engineered bodies. So there was a lot more strength to the mechanism of, their, uh, of our biological engines. It, it had a lot more strength and durability. Uh, we're not evolving contrary to all these uh, very misguided and foolish individuals currently in control uh, of public life. Um, not at all. Um, we've been digressing. Humankind has been digressing, getting slower. Have we advanced in medicine throughout, throughout the years? Well, yeah. But you're never going to take a pill that's going to have you live 600 years today. You know, okay? There's not a magic vaccine that you can take that's going to have you live 600 years. But back in this here beginning stages of humans' existence, humankind, and their, um, their uh, durability at that stage of our history was indeed uh, recorded and there. Then Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him entered the ark because of the water of the flood. So it's, it's, it's coming. And it must have been, again, devastating to the individuals who were mocking it, who were violent towards it, who were just blind to it, wanted to be blind to it. Uh, it's happening. And there's like no way out of it. It'll be like, you can go to this flood account and recognize a great many similarities and what's going to be taking place when the end of the world happens. Uh, the judgment day, so commonly known and said. Um, the day in which the sky will open, the trumpets will sound, and uh, the dead in Christ will meet Christ. Those alive in Christ meet Christ. And all the wolves in sheep's clothing among us, and all the uh all those who have been masqueraded among uh, masquerading among us and all the unbelieving world uh, will be caught in judgment and that's a fearful day but uh god comforts us in, in telling us that uh if we're faithful to him we're secure in his in his uh body his church and uh it will we, we'll pass death will pass by us the second death will pass by us we'll be alive in christ forevermore resting in peace with him and the purpose of the heavenly realm. So Noah and his sons and his wife and his, and his, and his wife and his sons' wives with him entered the ark because of the water of the flood. Of clean animals and animals that are not clean and birds and everything that creeps on the ground. There went into the ark to Noah by twos, male and female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came about after the seven days that the water of the flood came upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on the same day, all the fountains of the deep, the great deep, burst open. 
That's important information because we're not just talking about, oh, it's a torrential rain. It only flooded, you know, a certain location of the globe. No, 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 no. The fountains of the great deep burst open and the floodgates of the sky were opened. We're talking about the most catastrophic, cataclysmic, is that a word? Destruction of mankind, of the earth. Judgment in the highest order during that age. To which you and I today are still living the consequence of. To which we can still look at the earth and see the formation of the earth as a consequence of what took place here in the age of Noah. And you can go to various locations on earth and see through the, sign, uh, through the uh, scientific uh, spectrum and tool how this is certainly pointing to the fact of this flood. So the rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. How long was Jesus tempted by the devil? Interesting, isn't it? Now, on the very same day, verse 13, Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with him, entered the ark. They and every beast after its kind. Remember, there's no confusion with God here. There's two genders, male and female. There's only always been two genders. The world may want to create everything else, but there's only male and female, and there will always only be male and female. And male and female, humankind, will always produce humankind. Two males aren't going to get together and produce animal kind. No, they are humankind. Humankind produces humankind. Humankind is never going to produce anything else. This fabricated voodoo science about our primates and ape-like creatures procreating somehow humankind, given enough faith, blind faith, in millions of years is just sheer nonsense. It's, it can't be backed up in court. It's just not true. No evidence to the fact. Dog kind, canine kind, is never going to produce feline kind. You're not going to take a male in the canine kind and a female in the canine kind, have them breed, procreate, and produce feline kind. It's never going to happen. You can give them 10 billion years. You can give them 400 billion years. You can give them a trillion years. It'll never happen. Never. It's not observable. It's not testable. It's never been reproduced. In the la it's, it's just not science. And sadly, a great majority of individuals have been foolishly deceived and manipulated by individuals who have these lab coats on, calling themselves great savants of the scientific ilk, uh, portraying this nonsense. It's just not true. It's just not true. I mean, just because you have a wrench in your hand, standing in an open garage, doesn't make you a mechanic. Just like holding a Bible in a suit and tie behind the pulpit doesn't necessarily make you a genuine, humble gospel preacher. There are many snakes in the grass. Anyways, so of every kind is the important element here I just wanted to point out again. Kind produces kind. Male and female human get together, procreate, human 
being is a product of that procreation. Feline kind produces feline kind. Canine kind produces canine kind. You're not going to get two giraffes together and have yourself a rhinoceros. You're not going to plant an apple tree producing oranges. Okay. They and every beast after its kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth after its kind, and every bird after its kind, all sorts of birds. Is there a variation in the kinds? Absolutely. I don't agree with the language that these uh, individuals utilize in the realm of atheism and evolution. I don't like the word evolution the way they use it. Uh, but let's just entertain it for a minute. They utilize microevolution and macroevolution. If I'm ever going to adhere to anything in their language, if I'm sitting down with one of these individuals, I'll adhere to the microevolution. Microevolution is simply the variants in the kind that adapt to certain geographical locations. But they never change kinds. The moth is never going to change into a dog, okay? You can give it a trillion years. It won't matter. Macroevolution is sheer nonsense. It's just a myth. Anyways, a bit of all that. So they went into the ark to... Uh, so they went into the ark to Noah by twos of all flesh in which was the breath of life. This, of course, one needs to understand through natural means, we are capable of distinguishing the scientific tool pointing to supernatural events. See, that's a problem with individuals who are, who are locked in a cage and can only think naturally. We are certainly subject to the natural world, but there was a time, there was a time in our history were supernatural, activities not explained naturally, supernatural, miraculous, were taking place. And God made sure that all these animals, supernaturally, were going to make their way to the ark and enter in there. Those that entered, male and female of all flesh, entered as God had commanded him, and the Lord closed it behind him. You ain't going to open no door God closes, and you're not going to be closing no doors God opens. Then the flood came upon the earth for 40 days, and the water increased and lifted up the ark so that it rose above the earth. Buku water. This is not just, uh, it rained for a little bit there and flooded a certain location. No, 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 no. Get that nonsense. All of that nonsense is trying to have you diminish in your heart, the faith you should have in these true recorded and witnessed accounts. It's just, it is what it is. Anything to diminish the strength of our origin so that it can pervert your trust in the rest of the scriptures is what the world is trying to do. Don't, don't, fall, in, don't fall prey to that. I had for decades. Don't fall prey to that. Then the flood came upon the earth 40 days, and the water increased and lifted up the ark so that it rose above the earth. The water prevailed and increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. The water prevailed more and more upon the earth, so that all the high mountains everywhere under the heavens 
were covered. The entire globe was a ball of water. It just is what it is, and that's exactly what happened. Those who were saved were found in the ark. Those who drowned in their sins were not found in the ark. That's just what it is. Today, if you are not found faithful in, as, a, as a citizen of the kingdom, you're going to be outside drowning. That's how it's going to happen when the second coming is revealed. If you're not found faithful in the ark, you're going to be outside. It's going to be a problem for you, so you better start looking for the truth now. I had to. What makes us so different? We're neighbors. Love your neighbor as yourself? Well, I'd like to know this information. I sought this information. I'm sharing it with you. You should look into this. So the flood came and all this took place. The water prevailed 15 cubits higher and the mountains were covered. I mean, we're talking about, again, a global flood. All flesh that moved on the earth perished. Birds and cattle and beasts and every swarming thing that swarms upon the earth and all mankind. And again, the critic see God's a tyrannical, evil, wicked murderer. No, he's practicing righteous capital punishment. And as a consequence of that, there's some children and babies who've made their way to paradise. We've discussed this before. Let me share a quick illustration. I'm a family man, happily married to a wonderful wife, three little children. But let's say I choose to become corrupt and I choose to sell drugs from my household. And the police have been investigating me. And they're all outside with the SWAT team now. And I just break out a window and start shooting at them. Die, you pigs. I'm shooting at them. They're going to return fire. Well, maybe not here in Canada. They might say, please stop it. We're sorry. Because we're an upside down world over here in Canada. But let's say in the certain pockets of the states. They'd be like, we're going to shoot them. And so they would be justified in shooting. And while they're returning fire for their protection, mind you, uh, my children or my wife gets hit. Is it God's fault? Is it the police officer's fault? Now, they're going to live with that in their hearts, and that, that's going to devastate them. But at the end of the day, I forced their hand. It's my fault. Blame's on me. These people were wicked and evil murderers. They forced God's hand into justice and wrath and judgment to come. God flooded little babies. No, 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 no. The blame's not on God at all. The innocents that drowned that day went to paradise. They were a consequence of the evil that was produced by those who were held individually accountable. Got to understand that. Got to understand that. Because I've been, again, I used to be on the other side of the fence. 
God's a murderer, God's a tyrant. He don't even exist anyways, but if he did, I'd never follow him because, you know, that's just not science. And look, he's just a murderous individual and everything. And But I, I, I was brainwashed. And it was easy to be brainwashed into atheism and evolution and all that kind of godless worldview because it alleviated guilt. Why do I need to feel guilty for living in sin? I'm not living in sin. There is no sin. There's no heaven or hell. There's no right or wrong. There's no God or devil. We just are animals. Nothing exploded into something, though that's a contradiction of the highest scientific order. It didn't matter. Nothing exploded into something. And somehow primordial soup, with enough time and enough blind faith in years and years and years, here I am. And there's no right or wrong. So why do I need to feel guilty for, uh, you know committing crimes or living a criminal life or fornicating, being an adulterer, being a liar, being a cheat, being uh, everything, anything, you just, you name it. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Being a murderer, who cares? It's not murder. Who says it's wrong? No one. There's no one to tell you it's wrong. There's no moral code. See, the atheist, and many of them aren't murderers, but they don't have a law that says they can't. Christians have a law that says you'll you can't be a murderer. Murderers won't make it to heaven. And when we believe that, guess what? We don't murder. Anyway, a lot of stuff there going on, but that's to the point of the excursion, right? So the water prevailed 15 cubits higher and the mountains were covered. The mountains were covered. All flesh that moved on the earth perished. Birds and cattle and beasts and every swarming thing that swarms upon the earth and all mankind. Of all that was on the dry land, all in whose nostrils was the breath of the spirit of life, died. Thus he blotted out every living thing that was upon the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things to the birds of the sky, and they were blotted out from the earth, and only Noah was left, together with those that were with him in the ark. The water prevailed upon the earth, 150 days. 150 days. That's quite something, you know. Again, we have the tendency to remember that account kind of like a sensational myth, a little story that we turn around for the children and teach them, oh, happy little Noah and happy little both, happy little animals. And I agree. I mean, you're not going to want to tell a four-year-old, you know, about all of what took place there in its most uh, real and graphic sense. But, um, yeah, there's no need either to flower the story, to try to make it something it ain't. It's a very serious moment in history for us humans and a sad shame testament to our kind to be so evil that God had to judge us. He's going to do it again for one last time. Not flood the earth. We were promised that won't happen that way. But that uh, the end of this world and this earth and these physical vessels will take place. We'll have new vessels. Uh, whether God take from the particles of these vessels once they go to the ground or are burned or are drowned or whatever the case may be. I mean, that's up to God. But uh, there's a new world coming for sure, a new earth, if you will, the heavenly one.
spiritual one. All right, well, that concludes our session in um, our study in Genesis chapter 7. We'll do uh, chapter 8, of course, next time around. Hope you find this kind of stuff interesting at least a bit, a little. Maybe some stuff in there that can give you some um, further notes in your personal studies, stuff like that. Hopefully you find some worth in there somehow, somewhere. <laughs> um, please consider, again, supporting this kind of stuff. Sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. Um, you can send donation through our email, addedsouls at gmail.com. You can reach me through the v via email if you need an address. We can have a conversation if you've got any questions or concerns, stuff like that. Um, we want to keep doing this. We want to grow the Added Souls studio and ministry and um, produce this kind of content for f folks out there who who listen to this and see how genuine it is. Be like, yeah, you know, there's some, it makes a lot of sense because there's so much religious error out there. There's so much nonsense. Uh, what, what helped me go through the path of, of search is being disenfranchised with um, what is being portrayed as Christianity today. You know, uh, it's just... It's disgusting, really. You have Christians who are so polluted and corrupt, uh, you can't tell the difference from them in the world. And as a matter of fact, sometimes the heathens look more morally upright than some Christians act and behave. Some brethren are just so wicked, so wicked. It's difficult to understand, to even fathom how wicked some Christians are. And because of that, we tend to think, well, I'm not following Jesus, and I'm not following the Bible, and all of this book is a lie tempted to do that but again you don't blame something on an innocent party it's not the fault of jesus christ that those who claim his name are wicked it's evil people uh, there are good and faithful ones look for those just because a whole bunch of people are lying about what christianity truly is doesn't mean that there isn't a true genuine christianity to be found and it's the same when it comes to the account of Genesis and the information we're reading and studying. If you go to the wrong sources, you're going to hear lies. You're going to hear lies that might be even sprinkled with truth, which makes it very manipulative and deceptive. But if you just have a pure heart and humble heart and, and you free your mind to freely think and look forward uh, to the answers given, you'll find the answers. They're there. Okay, so we go live Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. Our itinerary is as follows. On Monday, I shared the sermon I preached on Sunday with you. On Tuesday, we analyze the lyric, examining song lyrics from various artists. On Wednesdays, we have a Bible study. We've been going through the book of Genesis. On Thursday, we discuss specific topic. And on Friday, sociopolitical conversations about current events and stuff like that. Um, please be sure to get involved with this kind of work partake in it, and uh, you are greatly appreciated. Love you guys. Stay focused, stay positive. Lord willing, tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. once again. Peace out.